Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Luna Lover, the podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Levine. How are you feeling after last week's Aquarius full moon? I quite enjoyed it, if I'm being honest with you. (laughs) It felt light and juicy. It felt very expansive, which is a little bit of a contrast to the moons that have come before it in the past few months. And the themes for this Aquarius full moon were reformation, change and freedom. And we're going to continue to explore these a little deeper in today's conversation with my beautiful friend and kinesiologist, Zoe Bosco. You might remember Zoe from an episode we recorded a little while ago around authenticity. There's also a really beautiful podcast episode with her in what was the Lunar Nights Collective. It now hangs out in the Lunar Lover membership if you want more from Zoe. But in today's episode, we talk about releasing, re-authenticating, reframing, and reformation. This conversation really helped me see through the shit (laughs) of the last few months Um, and to have faith that it's all playing out as it should be. The only thing that needs to change is the way we see things. If you enjoy this episode, please take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Jordana Levine and Zoe at Zoe underscore Bosco. And one more request, if you're loving this podcast, I would be so grateful if you left me a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. around Aquarius because you are Aquarius rising and our ascendant is the mask that we wear. So the way that people see us Mm. and how we're perceived by other people. So Mm. how do you, how do you, as someone who is this, how how do you feel Aquarius is perceived as an energy? Mm, that's, That's an interesting question. I guess for me, like it's actually quite new to connect to the Aquarius energy within me so I'm still feeling into it and feeling it out but what I resonate with the most is that it can be perceived like either by myself or by the outside as like quite eccentric unorthodox like a bit of an outsider or or someone who kind of brings in maybe new crazy ideas and like um, goes against like the norm mainstream current a little bit in a, mm-hmm. in a good way, but it can, it can kind of rock the boat or feel a bit like 
I don't know, sometimes jarring for people if they're not ready for what's coming, um, I guess. Um, so for me, like in terms of like, I don't know, myself being who I am in the world, like I've always felt um, a little bit like an outsider or a little bit different. Mm. And that's easy, like that's an easy kind of part to go into like the wounds of, like of feeling different and separate and totally. I guess, you know, like, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm always, I don't know, not accepted almost if you don't have a strong connection to how that energy plays out for you authentically yeah. and how to draw upon the strength of it. So I think, yeah, looking back, I can see where I've struggled with the energy and it's only really in the last few years where I feel like I'm coming into like more of a strength with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny though, like as your friend looking at you, (laughs) I see you more as an Aquarian than I do a Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And that's of course, because that's your ascendant and that's how you're perceived by others. And it's so funny that the Scorpio side of you, which is how you express yourself and project yourself, isn't always how it's perceived by other. That's right. Yeah. So many people are actually quite um, surprised when I say that I'm a Scorpio. Like, yes. Um, I mean, I resonate with the Scorpio nature. I, I am on the cusp of Scorpio and, and Libran as well, so maybe that balances my oh, a yeah. And I've got the Libran moon. so I, think I was going to say... Know, yeah, <laughs> You're such a Libran. Like you really yeah. are, though. If I think of all my Libran friends, and I've got so many of them, I think that you, your soul, which is essentially what your moon is, right, really speaks to Libran energy, and it's all that air energy. So I guess the double air of Aquarius and Libra yeah. is yeah. really, yeah, what's projected. It's so, it's so interesting. I get so fascinated by this stuff. Yeah, me too. And I think like when I was reflecting on it myself, I was like the parts that I feel like have been working through my system has been potentially this, um, the transformation part of my nature, which comes mm-hmm. from the Scorpio. Yeah. Right. And then the, the, the need to balance everything out and make sense of it all and move from a balanced point, <laughs> you know, is like yeah, the Libra part. Yeah. And then the, I guess like the, um, maybe the eccentricity of the Aquarian or like, bringing in like kind of more of the out there kind of ideas or something. Yeah. Um, But also Aquarian also having like, I think having Scorpio and Aquarius side by side is quite interesting because the Scorpio brings the transformation in and then the Aquarius takes that transformation into a reformation. So it's taking all the changes Mm. and setting them on the right path, you know, and that's, that's such a completeness to you, which is just so beautiful. It's really interesting because as I was reflecting, I could see that and I can also see where I've been out of balance like with this energy because when the Aquarius, the Aquarius can also become quite resistant to change. So it's like this one part of me that is like wants to transform, you know, everything through my Scorpio nature. But then if my Aquarian energy is out of balance, I resist the transformation and change that, that wants to come through at the same time. So it's not until I can come into that I guess, balance nature of the Aquarian and look at like how I want to re reform or reauthenticate through the transformation that I, I come into that sweet spot yeah. of creation. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to talk, I want to talk about this 
uh, re-authentication. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to make it I think it I made it up. Oh, you, you <laughs> I, I, <laughs> okay. Well, I've, I've been speaking about it a lot, like for the last six months. It just kept coming through. I'm re-authenticating. I'm re-authenticating. Because what I like about it is it doesn't suggest that we haven't been authentic. No. We're just re-authenticating. Exactly. You know, exactly. So we're always our truest version of what we can be. Yeah. So last time I had you on the podcast, we talked about authenticity. Yeah. It was a really interesting chat. And what's been coming a lot with the last few moons that we've had is that there has been massive transformation taking place from a lot from a really challenging space. We had we had all those eclipses in July. We had a very intense Mercury retrograde. Mm. And it's almost as if there was this beautiful puzzle that had been put together perfectly and then it was thrown in the air. Yeah. And all of the pieces have landed in different areas. We've lost a few pieces in the <laughs> of the couch. There's missing pieces and we've got to put it back together to fit. Yeah. We've got to re-authenticate with what, we're, what we've been dealt. So I kind of want to explore what that looks like and how we kind of, I guess uh like review and review what's happened and then recalibrate Mm. that so that we can once again be our authentic selves because of course that's going to shift with our environment and our experiences right Uh, absolutely yeah and I think for me like what was coming through when you were just sharing that was like first things like the first thing we need to do when things have been thrown up in the air and like you know everything feels a bit scatty and discombobulated and it's like you can kind of make sense of a shape that wants to form, but you don't have no idea how you're going to make that shape, you know, that phase. I think the first thing we have to do is actually come into a vibrational state within ourselves that um, naturally resonates with um, power. Mm. And what I mean by that is like on the scale of consciousness that um, Dr. David Hawkins talks about a lot is that if we're in a vibrational frequency, any lower than 200, which is like neutrality and below that is like your fear and your um, anger or your guilt or whatever like is going on. It's really hard to look at the, the pieces of the puzzle all around you and feel empowered yeah. To be like, I'm a co-creator with what's just happened and I'm going to put the pieces together like this because that's how I can see the new shape that wants to form. Mm. Like if we're in the lower frequencies of our consciousness, we look at the pieces everywhere and we feel hard done by. We feel like the world's against us. We feel like what's happened to me, why me? We can go into the more victim state mentality and from that space, it's really hard to put the pieces of the puzzle back together in any way that feels and True. also really hard that they're like, it's really hard to have trust and hold faith that they're ever going to yeah. fit back together. That's it. Because the frequency that you're in it actually like doesn't allow for it. It's all encompassing when you're in those fear states or it feels mm. like you're out of control. So first things first is finding some practices that naturally bring your state of consciousness and your resonance up into either like, I like to go to neutrality or acceptance. They're like, gateway frequencies for me that when you actually truly feel them um, something in your psyche shifts and you feel like you're in a co-creative state with the universe and everything that's around you again and you feel like you're in you're in your power so whatever pieces land anywhere you can 
you can work with it. Okay, so for, for people who are maybe a little um, new to this kind of language, mm. let's just break it down a little bit for us mm-hmm. because <laughs> we talk like this, like it's, <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> it's, it's not normal. Um, how, how, would you, how would you describe in this context a state of consciousness? Hmm. Okay, cool. So a state of consciousness, I guess, um, is, it, um, how can I explain this? I guess it's made up of the com- like the combination of frequencies from your thoughts, your emotions, and that creates a mindset, right? So your thoughts and your emotions create vibrational frequency in your system. So if you're thinking thoughts of like, oh my gosh, what's going wrong? How am I going to get through this? You're most likely generating a frequency or a resonance of fear, vibration, right? So your energy field starts to vibrate with like caution, fear, distrust, whatever it is that you're going through. Um, and that can feel really heavy. We can feel quite anxious in that. We, we struggle to trust ourselves. So from that state of being, which is normal because we're human and I guess we fluctuate between these frequencies on a moment-to-moment basis depending on what's going on in our life that's either like harmonizing us or triggering us, right? Um, if you can find a way for yourself that um, helps you harmonize these frequencies and bring your state of consciousness up to a level of acceptance where your mindset, your thoughts might be, okay, this is obviously serving me in some way that I might not be able to see in this point. So I'm just going to accept things as they are. And that's automatically going to generate emotions, Mm. but maybe more of like understanding and meaning or neutrality or, or peace, you know, whatever I guess is your natural transition in that, moment like from acceptance yeah you know and then you're generating an energy field that is a higher frequency and I don't want to make in this conversation like a high frequency better than a lower frequency like I really I got steered away from that mindset what I like to create for myself and with my clients is how can we be fluid within the full spectrum of consciousness and be aware of what state of consciousness we're in and what frequency or emotions we might be generating Mm. and then choose to consciously move through that into a higher state. I I think that's Mm -hmm. so important, isn't it? Because it's okay to feel all those different states of consciousness. That's what makes you a complete um, human with a full spectrum of emotions, but it's choosing, it's having the choice to stay in that frequency or not. And as, as beneficial as it is to feel the frequency, we don't want to hang out in it longer than necessary. That's right. That's right. And I guess the pain and suffering or the, um, the discomfort, I guess, in the lower frequencies of like fear and everything like that is our emotional reaction, our mental reaction to being in that state. So if we're fear, fearful and stuck or feeling guilty or bad or whatever, you know, if we can accept that in the moment and choose to move forth, knowing that, you know, we're human and we're enough in each moment and we're learning and growing, that creates a more fluid, smooth stream through all states of consciousness rather than being in fear and then starting to beat yourself up, being like, you know, I should be somewhere else and what's wrong with me? It just like that reaction just perpetuates the discomfort and we get stuck in that lower frequency. Mm. So the gateway up is like acceptance 
of what is in each moment with love and compassion and like really just choosing to move through the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So on a really practical level, Mm. accepting something for the way that it is is one thing, but how do we, how do we accept it and then also choose to move past it or have faith that there's something on the other side of it? Because I think, I know this is something that I've personally really struggled with this month and I'm, I'm a big believer in faith being the key to creation. But when you lose faith and you just accept things for what they are and don't have faith in what's coming, it can get really, um, Oh, kind of, well, I guess you can get very kind of stuck and stagnant mm-hmm. in your energy. So yeah. what, what can we do to push through that? That's so action-based of me, isn't it? <laughs> I want to get out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's perfect because it just shows like the, the way that we are wired humanly, I guess, yeah. you know, we're wired to want to like move away from discomfort And in that aversion to the discomfort, we're actually creating a static frequency in our system that actually keeps us connected to the discomfort. Mm. Does that make sense? So I guess on a practical note, the easiest thing, really, it's quite simple, but sometimes the hardest thing to do when you're in that state Mm. is to actually just drop into the present moment and breathe and just feel the sensations in your body. Yeah. And just be with what is like the quickest portal into a state of, I guess, non-reaction and into that um, flow stream that we all love to be in is accepting the moment as it is. So the fastest way to do that is to actually just close your eyes and drop into your body and whatever is there, stop battling it with the mind and breathe with yourself. Yeah. Just breathe. Because that's it, isn't it? You, you, so, you get caught up in the head and you start to intellectualize everything. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And there's the, the, for me, like the fastest way back to um, balance, I guess, is coming into my body and breathing with my body and moving my body however it might feel good and making like breath, like breathing out with sound and actually vibrating my body like to help it shift energy. And not try and figure my way out with my mind. Like that kind of just trips me up. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm. It's such a um it's such an easy uh vortex, I guess, to get stuck in yeah. that pattern of um, you know, just assuming this is the way it's gonna be forever and like yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> losing faith in the climb out of whatever yeah. frequency you caught yourself up in. And I guess um, we, we probably have to be quite careful of the way that we um, share with other people. Do you think when we're, when we're in those states, do you think it exacerbates the, the story around it? You mean like if we're in a, I guess, stress state, be careful with how we share with other people. Yeah. Yeah, for me, like I've learned that, um, I guess looking back maybe 10 years ago when I was in a stress state and I had no tools of self-holding, I would share with many people and, you know, seek outside of myself for advice and guidance. And we leak a lot of energy when we're kind of scrambling outside of ourselves. 
you know? So I guess over the years, developing self-holding tools and self-trust tools and like that inner connection of guidance, um, it does help me come in, but it's, and in that, you know, take a moment to pause and, and really ask myself, is this going to, is it going to serve to share with this person right now? Um, you know, is it going to serve them to hear me, you know, in this moment of imbalance, like that might be a little bit um, discombobulating for them as well. You know, am, am I in a balanced state right now? It doesn't have to be like, you know, I, I definitely share when I'm in emotional states, but I don't share when I'm, I try not to share when I'm in trigger and, and like out of contact with my center. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because otherwise it can be a bit messy. Yeah. So we just had, uh, we just had the Aquarius full moon. We're kind of sitting in the aftermath of it energetically and full moons are, um, I was going to say notorious. That's not the way to describe a full moon. <laughs> full moons are known for um, their ability to help us release and let go of the things yeah. that are no longer serving us. Um, and so you and I were having a bit of a discussion around this idea of releasing and reframing mm. when it comes to certain frequencies. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess um, also we, we want to be able to release everything that's in our way of coming into the experience of what we desire, right? Because we're very good at sabotaging and protecting ourselves and keeping ourselves small and safe. Mm, why right? do we do that as humans? It's, it's all protection, you know, like our conditions and our experiences and our programming that we've, I guess, you know, cultivated over our, our years. Mm. We, we have very quick protective sabotage programs um, to keep us safe. And a lot of them have been set in our young, young years, right? When, when we did need those protective mechan- mechanisms or thoughts to keep us safe, but they're very outdated. So that's why I guess the work of kinesiology helps us get in and reprogram the, the protective patterns that are actually blocking you. Um, yeah, so I guess this, this sense of releasing and, and reforming or releasing and reauthenticating is a way that I like to evolve through life, you know, consciously. Yeah. Um, and I guess you've got to start by looking at how do you even know when you need to release and reform, right? Mm. Um, because I guess that you've got to start to learn your own rhythms or stuckness. So, and also, I, sorry, I guess you don't want to release before you, you've learned the valuable lesson from the experience, right? Yeah, that's right. There's like an organic rhythm to it. And for me, like I, I know that I need to like come in inward and, and reflect and release something when I start to feel like I'm hitting roadblocks, you know, those energetic roadblocks where um, things just start to feel a bit sticky and I'm not really in flow and the things that I want to call in or I want to experience don't feel like they're happening with ease. Like there feels like a bit of a, a, a stagnancy in my system. Mm. So, or I'm trying too hard at something and nothing's working. It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe I might need to you know, <laughs> yeah, look at my undercurrents with this, you know? So yeah. I guess it's like when you feel stuck and stagnant, it's like instead of judging self for being in that space, using it as an energetic red flag of like your system trying to call you inward, 
to look at what you might need to let go of in order to re-authenticate in that moment. Mm. And um, okay, so we've got we've got re-authenticate and release, but what about this idea of reframing? Yeah. I love reframing. It's it's something I've been working with um, for a while now. And I think I look at it like, you know, you could pick up a pair of sunglasses. Um, in, there's so many different styles of sunglasses out there, right? And depending on what lens you're looking through, you get a different perception of the world. So if we can actually see that we can change the lens that we look through as easy as picking up a different pair of sunglasses, a new state of permission or an expanded um, capacity of permission comes through for you to be able to edit how you think and how you see and therefore what you experience. I love this. Okay. Can you give us a real world example of reframing? Yeah, sure. So I guess one of the most powerful ones for me that has come through, um, I've been doing a lot of wealth clearing and wealth resonance mindset reframing in the last few years. And I used to feel like money and finances was so hard. Like I'd avoid it like nothing else. It was like, I just, I just thought it was the hardest thing. I, I was running stories. Like I'm not good at numbers. Oh, I'm a creative, you know, <laughs> like yeah. all of these things that were reaffirming a hard reality with money. And then I had an experience with a woman who just kind of looked straight at me and she said, it gets to be easy. And I was like, what, what do you mean? She said, it gets to be easy. Money is actually easy. And in that moment, it's something that I realized I'd never believed in, never even entertained believing in. Yeah. It felt so far from my experience. But the way she delivered it to me in that moment was like she cut through the layers of illusion that it was hard mm. and planted this seed in my psyche that it, it gets to be easy. So for me, like that, like when I'm, you know, maybe in the lower states of frequency, if I'm triggered through something financially and I start running that pattern of like, oh God, this is so hard. I catch myself in that awareness and I reframe it. And I'm like, no, this actually gets to be easy. Okay. This actually gets to be easy. And in that moment, when I commit to that, it like energetically actually is easy. You know, you yeah. start to find your way through the issue or the problem or, or whatever, you know, and energetically your resonance is different. So your magnetism for the universe to come in and help you in miraculous ways as well, like comes in. So I guess um, there, there will be people listening who say, but how, like, how is it going to be that easy to just change this story that you've told yourself yeah. for your entire life just by suddenly telling yourself a new story? People say that to me all the time when I ask them yeah. to rewrite their money story and I, I get it. But yeah. what's, your, what's your response to that? I guess for me, it, it's a, it's a continual choice mm. because it actually does it, whether it's like easy or not, like say, say I get a bill and all of a sudden it feels like all my money's gone and how am I going to get through the next few weeks? You know, in that moment, it's probably triggered fear. It's probably plummeted me into the lower states of consciousness and my mind's going into, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I work so much. I never get enough to survive, whatever my limits are. Right. In that moment, if I choose to go, no, I'm not entertaining this story. I know the circumstance really wants me to entertain this story, but I'm not going to. Mm. I'm going to take a few breaths. I'm going to come in. I'm going to breathe with the frequency or the energy in my body. 
my heart might be racing. I might have, you know, a little bit of anxiety. I'm just going to breathe with that for a moment until I come into that presence with myself. And from there, I choose consciously that this actually gets to be easy, you know? And from there, naturally, your energy or your state of consciousness is higher because you've either come into neutrality or acceptance or even a different frequency higher, you know, like a willingness. And that carries you forth in an easier current. Mm. So the circumstance doesn't necessarily shift in the moment and all of a sudden outside of you, like it, it's easy, but inside of you changes and the way you show up to the experience becomes easier. And then after time, when you keep approaching you know, that stressor, the money stressor with ease time and time again through conscious choice, through conscious choice and trust. Sooner or later, your outside reality and the experience that you've created will change to match your inside reality. Yeah, I mean... It just just, doesn't happen overnight. No, just as the original story wasn't formed overnight. Exactly, exactly. So I think... Yeah, circumstances and thoughts and... That's right. Framing beliefs, yeah. Yeah, that are deeply ingrained. So it takes commitment, it takes choice, it takes dedication to wanting to live in the, I guess, the higher frequencies 90% of the time or, you know, as much as you can stay up there, you know, holding, like, I guess, love and honour for the times when you do fall down into the lower frequencies. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And I I love the... um the idea of it being like a set of sunglasses and it's yeah. the lens that you choose to see it through because it's exactly. so true, you know, even when you're in conversation with, you know, um, friends or partners and you have a situation and then they, they tell you the way that they see it and you're mm. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> completely different to the way I see it. Yeah. It's like there are so, there are so many ways to look at the one thing And if the way that you're looking at it isn't serving you, then perhaps try and look at it from a different perspective through a different... That's it. I always see like the diamonds, you know, like you can look at it from so many different angles and you get like a different experience. It's like, okay, that angle or lens that you're looking upon it is causing you stress, flip Mm. it, change it. And that, like that, in that moment is when you're most likely going to meet the most resistance because... The, the, just before we change and flip into the higher frequency, we meet the most resistance or discomfort. So that's where we've got to commit and push through and breathe, you yeah. know, breathe with it rather and like melt through. <laughs> let's, let's go with that melting through, you know, the layer. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like as a um, self, self-confessed and professed <laughs> control freak, um, yeah. and I'll be speaking to a lot of other control freaks out there listening, um, <laughs> actually find it quite comforting to think I actually can't control the situation itself but what I do have control over is my role in it and how I perceive it so I actually find that quite comforting to know that there actually are multiple options for me in this seemingly stagnant experience Yeah. yeah exactly and the only way you're going to be able to see the different paths that you could potentially take or the different ways to look at that situation is by coming into neutrality or acceptance. Yeah. Can know? we talk about neutrality a little bit more? Um, yeah. I know a lot of the work you do in kinesiology is all about bringing you back into the neutral state around something. And we, we do a lot of that work with, within session. Yeah. Can you, can you talk to that a little bit? Cause I think it's, 
it's such an interesting thing and it's made such a big impact on uh, my manifestation practice in particular, being okay with creating something and being equally okay if it's not created. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. Well, I guess this is where my um, Vipassana kind of um, experience and journey kind of meets kinesiology for me, like my understandings from the cellular, I guess, mechanism. Um, and what I see, and, and this isn't just my perspective, it's, it's a few others like in the kinesiology scene as well. But when we're neutral to something, that's when we're most likely to receive it. You know, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it, I guess you can put it to those points where you finally let go of something, your attachment to something. Like you want love, you want love, you want to find a partner, you want to find a partner. And there's this craving and yearning and attachment for it. The moment you kind of let go of that and you, you're just like done with it, you come into like surrender or neutrality, that's more likely when it's going to come into your life, right? So I guess the power of neutrality is that neutrality means there's no craving, clinging or aversion going on in your mindset or your emotional fields where you're trying to either pull something into your reality or push something out of it. Because when we're in a push-pull with reality, we're in reaction mm. and nothing can really come in that's really, you know, authentically aligned, that's really going to serve your evolution, you know. Um, we might manifest, like, experiences in that that aren't, aren't quite fulfilling, you know. So it's not until we can stop, like, the battle of reaction and this push-pull trying to make things happen and we just come into that neutral state that we're just in a natural organic breath with life around us and things can naturally flow towards us. That's the way I like to work with neutrality. It's just like your, your baseline neutral state of being. We, yeah. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. So it's kind of like the concept of non-attachment, I guess. It's Absolutely. like, yeah. So when we want something really bad, <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very hard to release yeah. attachment. And I guess that's where the faith piece comes in, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it and, is. And yeah. holding on to that idea that I can let go of this because I have faith that if it's in my highest interest, yeah. then it will manifest. And if it doesn't, I'm okay with that because that's in my highest interest. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I guess one of like my favorite things to do when I feel like um, whatever situation I'm going through is, I, I guess, beyond me. Um, I like to really throw it over to the universe and say, I trust that everything is aligning in perfect divine timing. Like, I trust that the perfect conversations are going to be had. I trust that these circumstances are going to resolve in perfect timing for everything with ease and clarity. Like, I start affirming that because it feels the most authentic in the moment rather than trying to, you know, force my mind into thinking my way out of it. I just, mm -hmm. I just start coming into trust and actually sending like prayer out, like for help almost, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, in terms of, in ter like, let's take it back to Aquarius and this mm -hmm. idea of change and freedom is another big um, theme of Aquarius yeah. and this idea of reformation, setting yourself back mm -hmm. on, path um how do you think faith plays into those three things like i think when change happens um it's the first if, if the change isn't what 
we expected or it's not necessarily what we perceive to be a positive mm. change. Mm-hmm. Quite hard to hold faith in that situation. Um, let Maybe let's do them one at a time. So faith yeah. when it comes to change. How to, how to maintain faith when it comes to change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big one, isn't it? Because like you say, changes, we can either, we can either initiate change for ourselves or change mm-hmm. will be initiated outside of us in more of like a catalytic effect. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess those changes are the harder ones, maybe potentially sometimes to maintain faith because you feel like you've just like had the rug pulled out of you potentially. Totally. Yeah. And you, you might be flat on your face. Yeah. Flat on your yeah. face being like, okay, well, well, if I'm the co-creator of my existence, why would I have created that? <laughs> like someone tell me i'm not yeah. believing this anymore i'm done <laughs> i've lost all faith yeah. and the rest of humanity That's it. <laughs> yeah been there been there and i guess the beauty of like that moment is recognizing that we're we're we've all been there we'll all be there again you know and i guess for me i see those moments as okay I've, I've called in a shakeup. I've called in a shakeup some, somewhere where I've even missed some cues along the way and I wasn't listening and change is coming at me from the outside because it's trying to wake me up to something bigger that I can't even imagine right now. Or, you know, this, is, this change has come to me to serve me in some way and I just can't see it right now. Mm. And I guess the discomfort and the pain that I might be going through, I like to see it as growing pains. That's a good reframe, you know, in that moment, like reframing it to growing pains because whatever you're experiencing is breaking down some part of your egoic identity or some part of you that's um, attached to a, uh, something outside of you that needs to go through that lesson, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so holding faith, I guess, let's call it in the death phase of life, like when things are like crumbling and, 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 and dying off and, and you're needing to go through a release that you weren't expecting, holding faith in that. I like to come back to um, the natural cycles of life and knowing that, you know, everything in nature is cyclical. Everything in nature goes through its winter, through its, um, through its like dying off. Mm. And we can't actually grow without that. Yeah. We can't actually grow without that, you know, and what comes after winter is spring, new life, right? It's like new life is born. So for me in those moments, um, that, like just looking at how nature evolves helps me come back into alignment with faith because it helps me see that there's something far greater playing out that I could possibly even imagine right now. Absolutely. And, you know, so on a, f- like a true Scorpio. <laughs> yes, I've been through a few <laughs> death phases in my life. Yeah. No, but it's true, it's true. And after yeah. every single death, there is a rebirth. So yeah. when you're in, in those moments of yeah. feeling just like there's nothing left, the beauty yeah. in it is that you're about to expand. It's really quite That's beautiful it. when you can start to lean into the cycles. It's the only way. It's the only yeah. way I learned to have faith. That's and it, I, me too, yeah. I lost faith for a couple of days just last week. Um, and because I have so much of it, I really notice when I lose yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so like someone just turned out the lights. What's happened? It's dark. So I made sure that 
for those mornings and those evenings of those days where I had no faith, I watched sunset and sunrise mm. on both, on both yeah. days. I mean, sorry, yeah. at both morning and night um, to get me back into the cyclical rhythms because yeah. it really is as easy as that. Yeah. As soon as that sun dies at night, it's yeah. having a rebirth the next morning, whether you want exactly. it to Exactly. And I think that's the key, isn't it? It's like finding the, finding the tools or the, the um, rituals in those moments of death or darkness that bring you, that, that hold you. Mm. Right. And I guess like for me, this, the last few months have been particularly testing and, um, you know, been through a lot as well. And I also have been almost forced to find new ways of coming back to myself and new ways to come back to the the cycles, like the old ways weren't working. I hope you're enjoying this juicy conversation with Zoe and we will get back to her soulful wisdom in just a minute. But I want to take this moment to interject while we're talking about faith and the role that the cycles play to remind you of my favorite cycle, the lunar cycle, and my brand new offering, the Lunar Lover Membership. For as little as $22 a month, you will be led through each lunar cycle, embracing all of the moon phases, tuning into its energy with guided meditations and journal prompts, and you'll be part of a community that encourages you to connect with the wisdom of the moon. To become a Lunar Lover member, simply follow the link in the show notes or head to jordanalevine.com forward slash Lunar Lover. Now back to my conversation with Zoe Bosco. And it was interesting, like I was in a particular moment of, you know, flat on my face, okay, like, <laughs> okay, all right, I'm here, okay, okay, um, what, what, what do I do? And I found myself on the yoga mat, and I'm not someone who practices yoga every day, but in this moment, and I do love it, but in this moment, what happened for me was my body just started moving like spontaneously, just in, I was just moving. And I remembered my inner dancer. Like I grew up doing ballet and contemporary and that was probably my most, um, I don't know, like I, I just loved it whenever I was dancing. And in that moment, like she revealed herself to me. I was like, oh, wow, yes. Like I, this is how I can come back to my body. Like this is how I can just come within in this moment. So I've been using movement and spontaneous movement to come back into my inner realm like in the last few weeks. And that is giving me a new avenue. Yeah, that's so beautiful. You know, yeah. um, I have cried a lot lately and <laughs> <laughs> don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> I've also cried a lot lately. <laughs> but what it's done is it's the same thing as the dancing. It's really brought yeah. me back into my body. Yeah. It's made me feel my emotions, yes, but also feel my physical in that moment yes. of like ugly crying. Yeah. And, and brought me back to my humanness. Yeah. And I feel but, like that's been such a valid confirmation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think with that, it's, it's like we finally, when, when the mind, you, you can finally let go of the mind and you can just hand it over to the emotions and let them like express themselves to you and you can just be with yourself in that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like we release, you know, we release all that static energy. So the self-connection and clarity within self is so much um, clearer yeah mm. it's so funny you know like you don't well I'm, I'm speaking for myself here but I don't realize how much I hold tears in until I'm yeah. asked to let them out you know yeah like yeah. I know we've had a few sessions lately where you're like George just cry and I'm like I'm 
trying, you know, like, but it's such a reaction to, to hold it in. And it's so, yeah. it's so contradictory to what we need in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the social conditioning. It's so funny. Yeah. And it's so, it, it's so deep. And I, I see it as like, I think we're going through this on a big collective scale, like, you know, with the rise of the feminine and all of this work, like essentially what that is doing is we're coming back into our feeling body more than ever. Um, and our feelings and our emotions are actually being acknowledged and valued more than ever because we know and we're remembering that they hold our wisdom. Yeah. And if we can just actually feel the fear or feel the grief and not avoid it, there's a sweetness in that. And that's where revelations come through and that's where insights come from and wisdom, right? I like to see it as like, you know, looking at the ocean, like even on a full moon tide, right? It looks wild. And, and that's like our emotions, right? Our emotions can go from a calm sea to like wild, wild waves, like within the moment. And I think that can be very overwhelming for a lot of us. Um, so I guess developing connection with your inner security within your emotional and uh, feeling body is, in my belief, key to mastering how we can stay fluid and grounded and expansive within our humanness. Mm. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love mm. it so much. You know, I was looking back uh, through my moon synopsis uh, this time last year. Mm. Um, so like uh, maybe like late June to mid end of August, it was exactly the same energies at play, right? Mm. Cause we were experiencing all the same moons that we're experiencing now. Yeah. Um, and it's like how quickly we forget that we've been here before and we <laughs> yeah. got out of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that whole cyclical thing again. It's like, no, you, you've got the tools for this because you've lived this for many, many moons quite literally. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and, yeah. and sort of like allowing yourself, to um, reframe by using the experience that you already have with the situation. Yeah, that's it. Well, um, it reminds me of this reframe that someone gifted to me along the way. Um, I think I was going through like a heart expansion, we'll call it, you know, when you go through heart pain and it's expanding. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, <it's> okay. <laughs> you know those moments? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And in those moments, we can feel so fragile, like, yeah. like even the touch of a feather would be too much upon our heart. Mm. Um, and what I was gifted in that moment was like, how much more can I embrace? And in that, those words, seeing that the heart can actually, like the natural state of the heart is embrace, right? We open and embrace and love. And so the heart can actually embrace everything that we're feeling. It's our mind and our thoughts that get scared of the feelings. So, you know, if you're in a moment of like growth and expansion in your heart, um, try like breathing into your heart and being like, how much more of this can I embrace? How much more can I embrace? And if it works within you the way it does within me, my heart actually expands and my shoulders come back again and I feel open. And in that, there's a strength that you can't actually develop outside of yourself. It has to come from within, you know? Mm. And, and we have capacity to experience and feel so much more than we think we can. Exactly. Than we feel we can. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Awesome. This conversation has been 
so wonderful thank you so much no honestly it's super juicy I wasn't sure where it was going to go but it went to all the right places (laughs) oh Zoe you've got a new website tell us I do so exciting so where do people go if they want to know more about you and the wonderful things that you're offering at the moment because you are offering some beautiful things yeah thank you um it's funny it's like the first website I've ever had and it feels beautiful um so it's zoebosco.com, um, Z-O-E-B-O-S-C-O.com. So simple. So simple. And on there, you'll find all my personal offerings. And then you'll also find Temple North, which is the new workshop space, um, temple space that I've opened in North Bondi in New South Wales. Um, and that has um, some really beautiful practitioners um, aligned with it and some really gorgeous events coming up um, and workshops. So everything is on there. Um, and yeah, you can check it out there. Love it. It's such a beautiful space. We ha- we held some full moon ceremonies there last month. Yeah. yeah. And it was just oh so juicy. It's got such a special energy and everything yeah. that's coming towards it. Like we've got tarot card readers, we've got sound healing, tea ceremony, um, women's events, like so much beautiful things. I'm really, really excited for what's to come. Awesome. Yeah. And um, if people want to follow you on Instagram, what's your yeah. handle? So Instagram is now at zoe underscore bosco so z-o-e underscore b-o-s-c-o beautiful and um and temple Temple north is at temple.north beautiful all right thank you so much my little aquarius ascendant (laughs) (laughs) absolute pleasure i forgot we were recording a podcast it was so nice to just chat i actually actually just checked it was recording because i was like oh my god i'm lost in this i hope it somebody's recording it Um, thank you so much pleasure hopefully we'll get you back on soon to talk about something else nice and juicy i would always love that thanks honey all right planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.